0: are cheesy bean and rice burritos fresco style um good option for breakfast oh, or lunch
1: they're a good option for all times of day <laughs> all times cheesy bean and rice burritos like, gotta get the fresco matter of fact. Yeah, fresco and... is the key <laughs> fresco yes.
0: is the I'm key. i'm surprised brian didn't bring any in here with him
1: oh yeah. man i already had three today
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Couches.
1: Bing, slouches.
0: With you a have,
2: non-slouch. Yeah. Non-slouch. We've
1: got a non-sloucher here today.
0: You have right. the least, uh, three of the least serious people on <laughs> the face of the earth on the couch today, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this should uh, should go really well. It should go, pretty, it should sh- go good. shall be fun. <laughs> Coach Casey on the couch today. One of our uh, triathlon coaches and our registered dietitian nutritionist. That's right, RDN,
2: right? Nutritionalist, yes.
0: Nutritionalist, whatever.
2: <laughs> RDN, yeah. Yeah,
1: we advised her that she had to wear cool socks. So we were trying to coordinate. Actually, we found out we were almost coordinated. Almost. If Dale, Dale would have had this straight blue. My bad. We'd have been there. Way to go, Dale.
0: My bad. Before we get underway. We have something, some business to take care of. Our lawyers have uh, prepared a small statement <laughs> on nutrition
2: Uh-oh. advice. Uh-oh.
0: Just kidding. We always do shout-outs. What do you got, Dale? Well, we have to shout-out to uh, all of the St. Jude runners again. This is the post-St. Post Jude yep. shout-out, St. Jude runners, mm-hmm. because uh, everybody kind of battled the, uh, the conditions. They're a little weird little weird for December 1st uh, it got up to like what almost 80 degrees Gee, and uh, yeah it was warm for that day so everybody who battled that shout out to you yeah definitely. some uh, some more internal shout outs will go with Michael Ort he um, had uh, finally broke the, the four-hour barrier on marathon so that was an awesome and a boy Michael awesome day for him Liz Hall it's a great uh hound dogs. Yeah, hound dogs. <laughs> shout out whoa, whoa. to my dog Stitch who will
1: keeping the house safe.
0: <laughs> yeah, guard dog. <laughs> uh and shout out to uh, Liz Hall who had a uh a PR half marathon. We knew that she was going to get a PR one way or another. Right. Whether she uh whether she basically uh blew up or not, she was going to have a PR so what you got, Funston? I got. Uh, While I go Sher- murder this Sher- dog. Sher- no, I'm not going to go murder my dog. So, before you I, uh, make any comments uh, on that, the we're going to pause calling. quickly
1: here. We're going to pause quickly. We'll be back in about three minutes. Uh, Sherry Gubin, I'm going to give my shout out to first ever half marathon. She's been putting in uh, quite a bit of training. Awesome. Nice. Uh, it was a bucket list uh, thing for her that she wanted to do, but then she was notified that uh, her daughter wants to do it with her next year. Oh. So she's in. So she's she now it, has now. to uh, check the box at least twice. Uh, but she uh, battled the tough conditions, like you already mentioned, and uh, yeah, proud of her for for knocking it out. Awesome, awesome. Also, hop cycling started. We had our biggest group ever t- uh, at the in person uh, uh, test awesome. threshold cute. test. What do We have a close to thirty folks, I think, were were there. Thirty uh, we and another 10, ten plus online. online.
2: So. Sweat on top of sweat.
1: Yes, it, it was... smelled uh, delicious. We <laughs> I think we uh, might
0: owe uh, we might owe Trevor a. Uh, yeah, shout carpet out to uh, oh, to Trevor Ling
1: over at Peak Potential. Uh, hopefully, carpet, hopefully
0: it doesn't smell funny carpet in there steamer today. rental. Uh-huh. Way. Yeah. <laughs> might be coming. What you got?
2: Me. Shout out to Jamie Bailey. Jamie Bailey ran a full marathon. Wow. Um, which is ridiculous in seventy degree weather. And then shout out to Pa, my dad, right now for right, watching little baby dad. There go so that I can be here. I know that everybody wants to see him instead of me. So people, (laughs) I show up and they're like, "But where's Dax?" So (laughs) sorry, I know he'd be louder than the dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right. So um, first off, Casey, let everybody kind of let's get an idea of kind of your real quick history in sports, and then how you got into triathlon and endurance sports in general. Uh, We'll start there. Okay. Ready? Set? Go.
2: Um, I got into nutrition and sports kind of around the same time. So um, I started running a lot and um, really just found out, you know, you got to be lean to be fast. So I was trying to diet and you know, be as lean as I possibly could. And I wasn't eating barely anything. And I really just felt like crap all the time. Cause mm. you know, initially when you start losing weight and you're fast, you're like, this is great. Yeah. And I'll go to bed at seven o'clock cause I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then, you know, that didn't last very long. And I started realizing that I needed more. So I started reading a lot about nutrition um, and fueling and realized that the more I ran, the more fuel that I needed. As a simple concept as that was, it kind of like yep. blew my mind I think that, when I was in college. <laughs> I think
0: that's like one of the biggest things that most endurance athletes miss because when they get into the sport, a lot of people do get into the sport to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they start losing weight and then they want to either be more competitive or they want to do something more but they don't want to
2: right and it fuel for it and it seems kind of contradictory if you're thinking about sport as a weight loss because you're like well surely i couldn't i shouldn't eat anymore because i want to lose weight mm-hmm. but you need uh that balance <laughs> and that adequate amount to stay lean but also fuel your workouts and to be competitive and to be fast so, so um that's how i kind of got into nutrition um, and into sport. Um, I ran for a long time and then I kind of um, I got myself into trouble because I was one of those people that would, okay, now I'm fast or faster, so now I should always run at this pace. you know oh,
1: Yeah, also a common mistake. Yes, yeah. yeah,
2: so I uh, I said, well, I need to run, I can run eight miles so I should run eight miles every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I can run at a faster than the day before. Exactly. So I thought, wow, I can do that. And of course I got injured, um, a lot. So, um, before I got smart and hired a coach, um, (laughs) I was like, you know what? Running isn't for me. And I figured out (laughs) there was swimming and cycling and decided to compete there. But I still went at the same approach of going hard and going, you know, for it all the time. Full gas
1: all the time. All
2: the time. And then, you know, obviously that had me wore out and tired and injured. So that's when I found you guys, um, and, uh, figured out that recovery is king. (laughs) So yeah. It was
0: one of those cases where when you're making the training plan, you had to lead off with a recovery week. Yeah. <laughs> this week, yeah, don't. What have,
2: what have you been doing? <laughs> this week, oh, that's we're not what you've been do doing? It.
1: This week, you are doing absolutely nothing. Right. Let so the body recover.
2: That blew my mind, but then it, it really, it made sense once you trust the process and say, okay, let me scale back, let me do this, and trust that you know what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, it just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it really worked out for me, and I haven't I haven't been injured since at all, so...
0: Boom shakalaka! What we love to hear. Yeah. So So what? As far as like your education goes, like what? Mm Where? Where did your education lead you as far as nutrition and even in sport performance, exercise science, something like that? So
2: so initially, um, sports nutrition is pretty competitive to get into. So um, I got my undergraduate degree in Middle Tennessee State University, and then came back to Memphis. Um, for the University of Memphis graduate program. Um, and from there, I went into nutrition support. So that's working with patients in the hospital who um, most of them are intubated and they need food through a tube or, mm. or an IV to survive. So a lot of that's calculating nutrition needs and staying up on those kind of studies. Um, and from there, um, I went into dialysis working with people who had diabetes, hypertension, um, and renal disease, um, so that, um, I could help them, you know, with their therapeutic diets. So I've worked with a lot of disease management, but all along the way, um, I've done a lot of sports nutrition just because it was a passion. After that, I moved into an eating disorder clinic. So, um, there i kind of got to go back into sports nutrition because they really overlap so you have a lot of people who have eating disorders or a lot of athletes who have eating disorders or Mm -hmm. just disordered eating patterns um or just in general people who need a little bit of help uh having peace with food and eating so um so so i learned a lot working with those people Mm because my Early career was all about calculating energy needs and, and numbers, and then at the latter part of it, I found out people need to know more about how they eat and you know f- figuring out What's the
1: psychological if, side of things a little yeah, bit, yeah,
2: or why they're eating, or um, you know how much. So it was cool to see the psychological part of it and uh, and cause and effect of when you don't eat all day. what happens to your body (laughs) so
0: i think that's i think that's been a really um in in watching you deal with some of the athletes that we've that you've worked with uh you take a bit of a different path with them as far as uh not like handing them the meal plan and saying Mm -hmm. good luck yeah it's more of uh okay you know let's figure out not only your needs but your relationship with food
2: right and
0: you know find out what you like don't like or like your eating habits and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then making a little bit more of a a guide system versus a meal
2: plan right which yeah you know. and i think that's you know kind of where I said about running, I could have come to you guys and say, no, I need to run this many miles a day. I need to do this. And a lot of people come to me and say, well, I need this many calories and I need to be on a diet. And, you know, as <laughs> as, a, as an expert, you tell them, well, I don't think you really know what you, you need, you know, to get what you want, mm-hmm. to get to your goal. <clears throat> there may be another approach or another way to look at it instead of, you know, coming in and saying, I need this, I need this. So... Um, it takes a little trust in the nutrition area as well.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: So, so probably
0: yeah. almost more so.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: we and education really. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people want the pre-built program because they then don't have to think about it right right i mean it's all it's all done and they go okay that's what i'm going to do mm-hmm. um rather you know right with nutrition but you're constantly surrounded with tons of choices mm-hmm. in a nutrition uh you know in daily life you know right. nutrition's always out there as opposed to like what the you know the the training side of things right um
2: yeah and that's and life is always going to come up you know after having dax i realized I don't have as much time (laughs) to cook and to, you know, to make all this stuff. So I think, you know, before him, I might have been a little bit more naive and saying, well, you know, get these perfectly Mm -hmm. plattered meals and (laughs) things like that. And it's like, okay, what do you do in your life? You know, do you go out to lunch every day? Well, how can we make a better choice with your life? Because there's a lot of people who say, well, I will make my lunch every day. And you're like, realistically, you know, are you going to do that? I
1: have four hours every day to train. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> do yeah. you? Do you really?
2: Are you really going to wake up every morning? <laughs> exactly. So Getting
1: up at 2 a.m.
2: So, yeah, you have to kind of create strategies that best work for your yeah. lifestyle. And a lot of that comes with education so that you have the tools to make those decisions on your, your own rather than... Um, just telling you to, you know, cook chicken breast every day and to meal prep every day. Different mm-hmm. things work for different people. So yep. it's figuring out what your lifestyle is and, and how to um, strategize for that.
1: Excellent. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, in your opinion, what, what's like, just if you could, one sentence, what is like biggest mistake that endurance athletes make with their nutrition? um in an extremely complex uh (laughs) i want you to make it one sentence
2: i would say the thing i see the most often is just a disproportion of calories so a lot of people tend to have the same habits because a lot of people are weight focused and they want to you know be able to either maintain their weight or lose weight nobody is out there telling asking me not a lot of people are asking me to gain weight, but, Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people wake up and then they don't have a breakfast. Um, they drink a lot of coffee and they kind of just kind of like stack their energy until they're starving. And then they kind of have all their calories at the back end of the day. And that's not really efficient for your energy levels, your mood, Um, or for fueling for exercise or for weight, um, it's more efficient to spread it out evenly throughout the day, um, and just eating even and often, uh, throughout the day. So I see that a lot. And it's, it's typical because people wake up and they have coffee, which is an appetite suppressant. So they say, I don't feel hungry. And it's like, well, you're not going to, if you drink 40 ounces of coffee, But that doesn't mean that you have fueled your body appropriately and given it energy. You've given it false energy. And Mm -hmm. as soon as that goes away, you're going to be really hungry around lunch and have less control over your choices, um, which... Leads into yeah.
0: you yeah, know when, making bad choices. Once you get hangry, <laughs> once you get hangry, uh, oh, I've been known to get right. hangry. You throw just about anything you can down your gullet.
2: Right. So and then it's
0: usually the bad, the, the stuff yeah. that's
2: less than ideal. Yeah, right? and then that's when the psychological part of it comes in because people tell themselves, "Well, I was really good this morning. Mm-hmm. I had a banana in a bar, and then you know." they've had half of their day go by and they say, well, then I was bad. I blew it around lunch. And you're like, you weren't bad. You just listened. Your body was screaming because it needed fuel, you yep. know? So, uh, it's, it's making a point of listening to that message earlier on, or, you know, Staying if you on top
1: of it or, ahead of time,
2: right. Or being aware that coffee isn't as an, is an appetite suppressant and that you need to eat even if you don't feel that hunger in the yep. morning, because you, it's being suppressed. So at, attacking it from the front end is a lot um, easier and one of the most common things. Just because it cycles. If you have a big dinner or snack all night, then mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning, yeah. you're going to go...
1: Yeah, if you are on that back yeah, level I'm not hungry, yeah. 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 Something's got to change Or, or order else you to feel tip guilty. the scales yeah. back to where they uh, mm-hmm. they should be.
2: Yeah, so it's 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 starting and, re- and trusting that... Mm-hmm. You know, if I eat in the morning, I'm not going to have that big dinner at night because Mm -hmm. I had more of a conscious choice um, during the day.
1: Yeah. And that's just retraining habits a lot, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I see that a lot. Most people Mm -hmm. do that. And uh, it's a a quick fix, I would say, but maybe not for (laughs) people who are doing it. But, yeah.
0: All right. Let's get into the. uh, So we had we sent out emails and posts and asked for questions uh, for Coach Casey to field. And if anyone's on live, uh, yeah, if you drop one in here, uh... we'll try to get to them. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Obviously, we're trying to keep this, uh, you know, not super long, but uh, and this is an extremely complex. uh... Every time
2: I show up, (laughs) it's not going
0: over. We're gonna to try to keep it right. fairly to the point. Uh, we can
2: stop and stretch. We're not gonna get yeah. <laughs> a little break. There's get intermission. Some water. There's
0: gonna be an intermission. Yeah, there'll be. <laughs> we're gonna break for lunch here shortly because uh, we need our fuel. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna start uh, fielding some of these questions. So Funson, what you got?
1: Uh, first one kind of kind of deals with what we were just talking about. Is intermittent fasting something I should utilize for an extended period of time?
2: Um, so intermittent fasting is, uh, kind of a new trendy thing that Mm -hmm. people are doing. Um,
1: give a quick rundown on what intermittent fasting, I think
2: like the, the biggest plan that they do is you eat normally, um, on a couple days a week and then you have, I think like two or three days where you only consume about 600 or 500 calories, which in reality, is isn't enough to meet all your vitamin and mineral needs. It's not enough really for your lungs and it's almost, brain. Yeah, I was going to say it's almost enough to support n- nobody's, brain Nobody's, yeah, nobody's basal metabolic rate is 600 calories. So um, it's at a, a really big deprivation. Um, but there's a lot of studies out there that are, you know, getting into the media, but a lot of them are either on small... Uh, study groups or they're on rodents or on cells so they're not really um, they're not really long. applicable to the general public or athletes but yeah. um, I would say one reason I don't really like it or another reason I don't really like it is because I think it teaches people it doesn't teach you a good habit lifelong um, if you're eating normally um, on five days a week, it's like, couldn't you eat healthfully seven days mm-hmm. a week? But um, I think it teaches people to restrict and then binge. Um, because if you're at a 600 calorie day, the next day you're going to be really hungry. And sometimes mentally that tells you, well, I can eat whatever I want. Yeah, so I was you good may... yesterday.
1: So today I can...
2: Right. So I'm going to be bad today. So sometimes it, mm-hmm. it leans towards going over rather than just following it, um, to a T. But there are some, um, some advantages to say, um, like n- low, there's some, I would say in the same wheelhouse is the, the studies on low carb, uh, like racing or training, not racing, but training where you might go for an hour workout. Um, with the hopes to um, burn more fat as fuel. Yeah, and
1: fasted, fasted morning workouts. Fasted, yeah. yeah. So, you
2: know, there's mm. some, some evidence to support that in the long run, but you really want to keep those around your, like, easy base training. Nowhere, you know, if you have a yeah. race coming up or if you race year-round and you're always, yeah. you know, training really hard, doing harder intensity workouts, it's really not... Uh, a good time to do that. (laughs) You'd be
0: surprised how fast you blow through your uh, glycogen uh,
1: stores when you're, when you're hitting it hard. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things like for the whole, you know, the biggest mistake question that uh, athletes, endurance athletes tend to make. Mm -hmm. It almost seems like this time of year, people will put on 20 pounds, Mm -hmm. you know, through Thanksgiving and Christmas time, the holiday season. And then, you know, New Year's, you got your resolution time, but that's also for endurance athletes. You're you're kinda starting to get close to season. So people want to start losing a lot right. of weight
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: right around the start of the season when intensity of workouts have gone up. Right. And so now they're trying to restrict calories right. while increasing intensity.
2: Yeah.
1: And so they're not fueling properly, they're having bad workouts because they're underfueled. Right. And it's like this <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> discouraging. Snowball, right? It's yeah.
2: discouraging for sure. So yeah.
1: Yeah, now's the time.
2: In my opinion, you know, if you have these workouts with pace goals or power goals, it's better to be fueled and to hit your numbers because that's what you're paying a coach for. That's what you're training for is to hit Mm -hmm. these pace goals to race at this, you know. So, you know, if you're not hitting them because you don't have the energy, um, then that's just kind of sabotaging yourself a little bit. Absolutely. All right,
1: next question. I've plateaued with my weight loss. What should I do to jumpstart my diet again?
2: Um uh, I don't know about jumpstart, but I would just <laughs> say um
1: without obviously without looking at the person's right, right. nutrition that they're currently doing. So I,
2: I think it might be just looking at what you're currently doing yeah. and where you have fallen off in certain areas and is it you know, are you not eating breakfast or are you staying up late and snacking or mm-hmm. are you drinking a whole bottle of wine at night? <laughs>
1: <laughs> just one glass. What? It's one glass. It's just the size it's of just, an entire wine it's bottle. The
2: goblets is good. <laughs> but, um, you know, just what are those habits that are creeping back in that you... You know, that you say you only do it every once in a while, but when you look at it, it's every single day. Yeah. So it, it's taking a good look at that and um, and just getting back to normal instead of trying to go the complete other direction yeah. in this big restriction. Because what you can stick with lifelong will be much easier than what you can stick with yeah. in two or three days as a jump jump start. I, I usually
0: say. I usually tell people that if you're looking to like, if you're wondering what's going wrong... If you're not tracking it just start tracking it mm-hmm. and that usually it just jumps out at you in like oh, less than a week you'll mm-hmm. know exactly what's wrong
2: yeah you can look <laughs> in your pantry and just see <laughs> yeah. like you know what every time we've been buying those nilla wafers <laughs> <laughs> the uh, oreos are just so good <laughs> they're just so good <laughs> Once they hit your lips yeah. <laughs>
0: can't have just one.
1: Oh right yeah essentially cleaning cleaning up i mean eating less processed foods correct and getting back to eating a little yeah more i think that
2: people people reach for diets when they you know it's, it's kind of like the people that go gluten-free and they're like well i lost so much weight and it was like well you know you probably didn't lose weight from getting rid of the brown rice and the the whole grains but you stopped eating the cookies cookies, and the snacks and the crackers and yeah, you're going to feel a lot better. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to have less inflammation, you know, you're going to have all those things as an improvement, but it's not necessarily like the gluten and not that gluten is in brown rice. Sorry, but (laughs) you know what I mean? But I'm like, let me correct myself. There we go. We'll we'll put
1: their corrections in the show notes.
2: (laughs) Edit. (laughs) b-roll
1: all (laughs) right how do you plan so this is more of a training related versus kind of a general nutrition thing how do you plan for hydration and electrolytes when you're going for this this long distance Mm -hmm. uh uh, ironman distance uh 140.6 race and i'll I'll continue on here do you uh Uh time out how often you take in sodium potassium fluids uh and the volume of fluid Mm -hmm. you know how do you how do you take in that much
2: Um, a lot of planning for this is, is trial, trial and error of coming up with a plan and then practicing it along the way. So you can definitely train your gut. Um, the harder part I would say about, uh, an Ironman type distance is that you usually start your training six months, you know, a really, it's over a really long period of time. So your sweat rate you know, maybe at the beginning will be different come race oh, day. Sure. So yeah, you, you need to do that periodically along the way so that mm-hmm. you are up to date with how much volume you need per hour. Um, a lot of the different products that are out there now have combination of your carbs and, you know, electrolytes. Yeah. You may need to... Uh, Do a combination to meet all of your needs, but um, like sodium and things like that. Because if you were just drinking Gatorade and you have a really high, you know, sodium concentration loss, you might need additional supplementation to that or change your beverage. But um,
1: yeah, I think one of the tough things for uh, Ironman distance is just the volume that you're losing versus the volume that you physically. can take in over the course of a nine, 12,
2: 15 hour day. And you're, you're going to be at a deficit. It's going to be, you can't take in that many calories as you expend with any ultra distance race, unless you're, you know, you go out to Shelby forest and then you you eat one of those giant sandwiches, three (laughs) coats, but, um, but it's really hard to do that. And the way I like, to tell people to do it is to, to do it often, you know, taking a swig of whatever it is, or a bite of whatever it is, almost every 10 to 15 minutes. So if you have a goal of how much per hour, um, you know, you can work on that along the way. Um, when I did my Ironman, I broke up my little waffles into pieces before I even started so that I could just take a bite. And I knew, you know, I set a little beep, annoying little beep thing on my Garmin so that it went beep beep and okay here we go and um
1: what did you set that for like every 15 20 yep yep
2: um and then you know take some drinks in between so Mm -hmm. I mean it's work you're you're eating the entire time you're on a bike for that thing
1: monotonous right it's just monotony I mean you go into a race and you Mm got to be in it and engaged with an Mm Ironman you're you're in it for a long period of time it's not Mm -hmm. one of those where You're allowed to zone out for two hours. You got to stay on top of things if you're planning on on making it through and uh, and having a good result. Yeah, I think the
0: big thing that we run into is most people, like you said, you're always running a deficit. Mm -hmm. And now we're not talking about a deficit that builds over three hours. We're talking a deficit that builds over nine, twelve. You know, so when you could be running a you know 100 to 200 Let's milligram, say milligrams of sodium if you're running a 200 milligram sodium deficit that probably won't bite you three hours four right. hours later but 10 12 <clears throat> hours later yeah. that could become a problem yeah. so
2: when it's time to start your marathon yeah exactly right? so
0: like we always tell people make sure that your electrolytes if you're looking at the hydration equation you have electrolytes and then you have fluid Mm-hmm. water essentially, and then electrolytes. And if you, you can throw calories in there, but we try to keep that generally keep it separate because it's a whole nother variable. So, uh, fluid, you can, you can drink to thirst generally, as long as your electrolytes are, uh, you know, proper replaced, balance for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's when the problem becomes when the electrolyte content's too low you have to drink. You have to physically drink more to to meet those needs. So now you may be over hydrating, in uh, diluting your blood sodium, um, or you know the the opposite. You know the, the opposite doesn't really necessarily happen that much because your body is so good at at um, kind of processing and utilizing sodium. So well, you know a lot of people say, well, what if I put too much sodium in? What if I what I do too much on the electrolyte side? when you're working and you're actually sweating that's really hard to do mm-hmm. so you know and that's where knowing your sweat the,
1: rate and your numbers right so
0: mm-hmm. we say drink to thirst make sure your your bottles are concentrated for you drink to thirst and then it while you're in training and then if you have issues drink more yeah Adj- yeah <laughs> adjust and yeah, it, adjust. i mean
2: it's always good to have goals like of your sweat rate like okay i need to be through this bottle In an hour, I need to be through two bottles, and if you get behind that, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. take that moment. I've I've never had an issue where, like, I could stop at uh, a a little water stop and down a whole thirty two ounce in one (laughs) little sitting, but you know, it's important to to stay. That's fine on your yeah. yeah. Um, to make sure you don't get behind, for sure.
1: Yeah. And and the, what you mentioned, you know, training your gut. Like a lot of times, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to train. Yeah. Your stomach too.
2: Yeah, you just can't. You can't show up on race day and expect to be able to take down yeah. a lot of food. Yeah. So if you're not doing that on your long rides and your long runs, you shouldn't be able to or expect to yeah. increase the amount that you're gonna be taking in. You know those training runs should be practice runs for exactly. yep. you know how how you're dressing how you're fueling how you're hydrating so that nothing unexpected comes up on race day
0: Yeah I can't tell you how many times I've had I've heard somebody say I just can't eat the morning before a race I just can't eat before before a long run or ride I'm like
2: mm-hmm. how
0: many times have you
1: tried
2: Yeah like oh.
1: So we'll yeah, see what happens. The first time may not go well. Yeah. You, don't yeah. have to, you don't have to eat five bowls of oatmeal. Right. You start with a small bowl of oatmeal.
2: Exactly. See how it
1: goes. and that a little bit until you're getting the calorie demand when you I know you're going to need. When
2: I work with athletes, I definitely tell them, you know, this is a goal. This is where you should be or, you know, what your body would need ideally. But if you're going from nothing, like don't grab two bagels, peanut butter and a banana and expect to have a good day, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know, uh, if your gut is sensitive. You know, start yeah. out with something ma- small and then uh, gradually work your exactly. way up. And usually, yep. like, liquids that have calories, like smoothies or juices or applesauce, you know, those softer foods are easier to tolerate. So if that helps you get the calories in in the mm-hmm. morning, um, then then try those first. Cool. Mm-hmm.
1: We Moving on. Yeah. We hydration here. So Moving on. on. Have uh, there, there any questions uh, online yeah.
0: yet? Uh, Greg uh, Rohde, shout out Greg, asked uh, Coach Bryant, uh, are cheesy bean and rice burritos fresco style um, good option for breakfast <laughs> or lunch? <laughs>
1: They're a good option for all times of day. All times. Cheesy bean and rice burrito. you got to get the fresco. Matter of fact, yeah, fresco and... <laughs> is the key. <laughs> fresco yes. is the I'm key. I'm surprised Brian didn't bring any in here with him. Oh, yeah. man, I already had three today. Actually, I have not. <laughs> I had a big salad this morning, though. Uh, yes, little known fact. So, Taco uh, Bell, pretty good place. One uh, other question we room.
0: had. Uh, Kelly Do- uh, Doherty said, um, best way to keep energy up the last miles of the marathon at what point is it uh too late to take in uh some carb load
2: uh the last miles of the marathon i feel like you're either there you're not you know it's kind of too late to be thinking about that um what's that
0: point where you probably are it's too Mm. late to continue to fuel well intelligently i mean you could throw it in there but
2: yeah, I mean, I I would say within the last... I mean, if it, you have 30 minutes left, you know, you're not really doing much. Um, yeah, it sounds
1: like it's more know? of an error of what you've done yeah. leading up to that yeah, point.
2: Yeah, if you're bonking by that point, then it's going to be really hard. <laughs> yeah. Even if you do consume something, because you're just topping off like a little bit more of, a, yeah. of an empty bucket, yeah. you know?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a drop in the bucket. So
2: you're just kind of... Making sure that you don't pass out.
1: <laughs> and the goal kind of goes back to that last question that was being answered. The During your training runs, mm-hmm. you should be figuring out what paces you can handle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Someone who's really uh, struggling at the end of a marathon likely has either gone out too hard or has not paced themselves properly. And then you should also be testing your nutrition plan, like we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, you should kind of get a feel if you're on a training run and you're feeling really bad at mile 18... Mm-hmm. Uh, you you may want to relook at how much calories have you put in, what sort of fluids were you drinking, and start adjusting in your training. Yeah. So it doesn't become as big of a problem. hmm And yeah, the last miles are supposed to hurt anyway, yeah, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah, a lot of that's sometimes. just muscle fatigue. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you know,
2: it's the end of a marathon. It's never. It's not going to be easy. And I think, it's, it's my. Mu- it's probably not a nutrition issue yeah, at that some, point. No. Sometimes it's not. It's
0: not always energy. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that nope. you're out of energy. You're. Your muscles are you're you're hitting something longer, harder, or faster You know whatever you know yeah. the workload is more than you've yep. ever done. Yep. So it's gonna hurt. It's gonna it's yeah. Gonna feel so good. Any others before we dive back
1: into the? Uh, I, th-
0: I think you have the uh, the other question on here already. Oh, okay. So
1: uh, which one was it? Keto. The keto. Okay. Uh, yeah, what Was bath. our keto question here? Have you ever had uh, any experience with endurance athletes following a ketogenic diet? And, you know, talk about what a ketogenic diet is uh, for those that aren't uh, sure. And if so, how did it affect their performance? This is going to
0: be good. Tell us us how you really feel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, ketogenic diet is another one of those kind of um, trendy things. And I think it started with ultra runners and ketogenic diets. Um, But, in comparison to a a lot of other fad diets, it's not high protein, it's high fat. So the majority of your calories are going to come from fat. So you're eating, I mean, (laughs) olives and butter and, I mean, all fat foods, um, so that your body goes into ketosis. Um, and ketosis from a clinical standpoint, I'd say is not a good place to be. Um, usually, people are in the hospital and you want to get them out of ketosis Um, and so it's advantageous because people lose weight and fat as a nutrient helps you feel full so your stomach really isn't growling because you feel full from all that fat but you don't really want to use that when you're an endurance athlete because your body runs on a lot of carbohydrates, so you need those carbohydrates to fuel your performance and your muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing any kind of intensity, um, your body needs carbohydrates. A lot of people who diet and use um, the, like those high protein diets, they end up being, you know, kind of okay because protein will break down into, you know. Um, glucose, so they'll have some energy, but yeah. even though it's inefficient, but I'm I'm not really a fan of the uh, yeah. ketogenic diet. Um,
1: I think yeah, one of the, the it, main things is if you're if you're wanting to perform and if you're not doing super long distance where you're staying at such a low heart rate to maintain mm-hmm. for 24 hours mm-hmm. or, or whatever it may be, your body's going to need
2: your body needs that. And then in the long the in the long term of just being a uh, human being. Uh, if you these these diets aren't studied long term, but there's a reason why the American Heart Association promotes lower fat, healthy fat diets and lots of fruits and vegetables because you get the fiber. Um, you know, high fat diets are led to plaque buildup and high cholesterol. So, in the long term, will it lead you to having a heart attack or heart disease, you know. Um it ketogenic diets so not were good? <laughs> I don't think that's good for your heart. <laughs> I don't think, you know, plaque and and build up around your veins and arteries are, are a good thing. So um I think the biggest I
0: think the biggest thing you said there is that which is which is true for a lot of uh a lot of things that just kinda come on really fast into the endurance world which is this stuff has not been studied Mm long-term at all. Mm -mm. There may be some like small research studies done that show some positive and then, boom, everybody wants to jump on board. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just there's no research that's been done long-term to show that it's actually beneficial to performance or to your health, Mm -hmm. you know, one way or another. But there are a lot of long-term research studies that say, these activities that go along with this same diet are not healthy for you.
2: Right, right. And then, you know, anytime you go up in duration or intensity, your body wants more carbohydrates because you burn through them quickly. So um, if you're an endurance athlete, you're going to be doing both. Um, (laughs) So it's more advantageous to eat healthy carbohydrates and, and in the right amount and balance um, to fuel your performance. Those people are always going to go faster. <laughs> so don't you want to be fast? <laughs> <I> <laughs> All right. Fast.
1: <laughs> next one. Uh, should you use Tailwind Nutrition and Goo at the same time? And so we went and do- uh, dove into uh, Tailwind Nutrition's nutrition label here. Um, and essentially it's 100 calorie uh, per scoop uh, is the serving size they're recommending two to three scoops per 24 ounces of water per hour. Um, so essentially, what Tailwind is is you know, sodium breakdown, 303 milligrams of sodium, um, no protein, carbohydrates, uh, all right, you know, 25 grams of sugars, and then we got smaller amounts of potassium, calcium, magnesium, so the other uh, electrolytes. So uh, essentially,
2: it's a sports drink. It's a sports drink, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of different sports drinks out there that, I mean, they have all kinds of marketing claims, but when I, I just, they're sports drinks. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, typically if you are drinking a sports drink, uh, this one, if you just had one serving, you'd have about 25 grams of carbohydrate and most people are going to need in between 45 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour for their longer um endurance activities. So the smaller you are um more closer to 45, you know, the bigger you are the closer to 60. Um so uh I guess the answer to the question would be y- most people are going to need a sports drink plus some source of food or nutrition, whether mm-hmm. it is a gel, a goo or a banana or
0: yeah, I have a sandwich for me,
2: or whatever it is usually you need sports drinks mm-hmm. plus something else for your longer endurance activities
1: yeah I find that and this is this is where nutrition takes on a personal
2: yeah. you know
1: everyone's gonna have different demands but yeah. everyone also has different stuff that actually works with their mm-hmm. stomach if I if I drink something that's high in sugar and try to exercise at a high intensity it just does not go nope. well for me I'm like mm-hmm. burping it up and get the gut rot and so for me i can't do gels i don't do gatorades Mm -hmm. um if i back you know before i was using the ph stuff um i would go with the zero cal stuff because i didn't want the 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 sugars on Mm -hmm. my gut and i use uh whole foods you know i Mm -hmm. do bars instead of the gels um so for this person you know tailwind nutrition and goo essentially you're just upping the amount of of you know, the the goo label is going to look pretty similar to what your tailwind is going to look like. So it's like you're adding another scoop almost.
2: Right. And so that, um, I'd say like the more liquidy kind of stuff, you have a certain, I wouldn't do that like for an entire Ironman or half Ironman distance. I think you would need more protein and something that makes you feel full and satiated. But, you know, I'm different where I can, I can tolerate, the Gatorade, you know, the sugary liquids and goos. And that's what I use for a lot when we would do the Mark spinzorf team rides and the pace yeah. started picking up and I knew I needed energy, but mm-hmm. I can't breathe because y'all are going so fast. <laughs> and, you know, so I couldn't breathe and chew at the same time. Yep. And so that was a, you know, a plan that would work for me for those harder rides. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and my gut didn't, have an issue with it. So it was meeting those numbers, um, in different ways. But if I'm riding with my dad (laughs) and we're chilling, we can, yeah, you know, I can, I can be back there eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich and have a good time. But that's, that's the cool thing about nutrition is that there's multiple ways to get to where you're going. And so, A lot of times, as much as people don't like to hear it, that it's trial and error. So what works for you might not work for me, and you know, um, a lot of it is figuring that out along the way by trying different things and not giving up either, because a lot of people do that and they'll, they'll be like, "Well, I had." You know, I tried this, and then I'm never going to do it ever again. Mm -hmm. And
1: And different times of year, uh, stuff may uh, sit well in your stomach, and the heat picks up, heart rate's picking up, and energy demands are going up, and suddenly what tasted good and worked well uh, when it was ice cold (sighs) because it was a winter training session. Now you got some warm, hot, whatever it is, and it's like, ooh, that's not so good.
2: And then dehydration can make it so that you don't tolerate foods or that you don't digest it. So if you're dehydrated and then you tried to eat something and then you say, well, I'm, I i can not ever eat that again. It, it might've been, you were just dehydrated. So,
1: yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, Dale and I talked quite a bit about, um, we, we generally prefer, uh, for those that need to consume larger amounts of fluid, having your fluid separate from your nutrition, mm-hmm. because if you're needing to drink, you know, Dale and I have mentioned many a time that you know we can we can consume three one liter bottles over the course of two hours. It sits fine on our stomachs, and but we're going through. You know, we're sweating out double that right. pretty much. But if each one of those was filled with three hundred calories uh, or, or more, you know, what we'd need for our sodium demands, we need to do uh, yeah, at least three hundred calories per. You know, if you if you need to drink more than what you actually need from a calorie standpoint, mm-hmm. then having those separate can be can be beneficial. But yeah. again, convenience
2: and easier to calculate. But convenience
1: yeah. is is huge as well. I mean, if you're not going to eat a bar, yeah, you need to get your calories. So you know what works best for you. Yeah, because if right. you
2: guys say that there's like a hot spot. <laughs> and then the whole the ride becomes section. a hot spot uh, and then
1: <laughs> yep Calorie demands change right yeah <laughs> all right next on. one so yeah essentially that you know try it test it see if it mm-hmm. works if you need the extra calories you have the goo uh, mm-hmm. but there's no problem with doing those you want to uh you want to fill this question from yeah. uh,
0: jamie real quick yep what's Uh-oh.
1: uh how about uh,
0: alcohol intake on recovery oh
2: god <laughs> She's like is that a direct She's like Uh-oh. drinking a beer, watching TV. I mean, alcohol can affect your performance I think up to seventy two hours after you drink it. Uh, it's either forty eight or seventy two so it can decrease your performance. And since your body is worried about metabolizing alcohol, um, it's that's gonna be its primary goal instead of repairing. Um, you know, the muscle fibers that you've broken down. So um, as much as we want it to be a recovery drink and how much we get about that, it's really not. Um, it's not
1: your best choice. Right.
2: A, uh, yeah. It's just about making
0: a better choice today.
2: Sure. I mean, and it's always good. I mean, because I'm not going to tell you not drink a beer after... <laughs> You, I will be the first one to pull out my cooler from the car, um, but, you know, initially you should rehydrate first and then have whatever recovery you're going to have and then get to your beer instead of rehydrating, you know, with whatever Don't it is. Don't make that I mean, your like, rehydration uh, what I mean, like, drink of choice. I think it's funny because it's like, is binge drinking okay? Like, Well, I mean, if you add a little protein anyone. in that <laughs> for the muscle repair, I think you're good. But, but yeah, I mean. What about
0: those protein beers?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Or, or that beer with salt oh, in it. Come on.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a million ways to try to, con- a, there to, try to convince there? yourself. Those are carbs.
0: But... There's carbs in beer. Uh-huh.
1: Are. All right, moving on before we get too <laughs> off track and... It's We're like, three hours the answer in here. to this. <laughs> All right. A lot of times, pre-race uh, night, uh, so the, the your dinner the day before a race um, can get off track. You know, you travel to a race with some friends uh, in this person's question, um, and you don't have, you know, that controlled environment that you would have at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some general do's and don'ts as far as food protocol the night before a try or other race's um, and I, I'm assuming that this is, you've gone out of town, you've got a group of people you've been yeah. training together, you're excited, you know, this is an event, um, but also hanging out and having fun mm-hmm. surrounding the event, uh, is also what's going on. Um, I'd say just lots of Mexican food, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fresco burritos. <Well. laughs>
2: don't ever i always feel like those people there's a lot of food pushers out there um and that's i just use that term a lot in eating disorders because people it's like grandma they're like well you should try this uh-huh. or you want some bread you know I or i usually why aren't you eating anymore <laughs> exactly Or my, my dad will grab it'll be like the second serving of bread that they have at the restaurant and he's like this will get me to mile 15. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you don't eat that, you know, you'll get to mile 15. But I mean, Mm. you can always take it and put it on your plate. You don't have to eat it, you know, go into it with having a goal of, you know, I'm, I'm going to hydrate, I'm going to drink my water and picking out, you know, what your carbohydrate source is. So if it is, Mexican, you know, um, are you going to have some beans as your carbohydrates? You know, are you going to have, if you're going to Italian, is it going to be some kind of pasta? Or if you're at a seafood steak place, are you going to choose a sweet potato or a baked potato? You know, figuring out what are the components on your plate, um, that can help you meet your goals as it normally would. So having, you know, some, some source of light protein, Carbohydrates and then pretty low in fat is what I would say. So, you know, staying away from a lot of white sauces, cheese dip. Mm. <laughs> um, if
1: it tastes heavy.
2: <laughs> yes. You know, those the super heavier rich type stuff foods. Can, can
1: sometimes cause a problem for people.
2: And then just being able to set some boundaries with your mm-hmm. friends and saying no, you know, because... Save
1: the fun for the you, for the after-race right. shindig, you yeah. know, especially if it's a big goal if, event.
2: If they're spectating, you know, they can drink all they want, but you've put in the training over months, so, you know, that beer will be at the finish line, and you, you don't have to do that, so you can Excellent. tell them no. Or and, you can say, I'll just have one... it's a mick ultra it's practically water um so yeah i mean it might be just setting some boundaries and then looking at the options and typically picking whatever seems like the simplest whole food dish if it's something that you don't understand or something new to try and they're going on and on about whatever sauce it's soaking in, Mm -hmm. um, that might not be your best option.
1: And I think the same, the same, you know, know what works for you the night before your, Mm -hmm. your training rides. You know, your training is a great way to practice and know how you're going to perform on. Yeah. It's probably the only way (laughs) to know how you're going to perform on race day. So the more things you change up the day of or the day before, the more variables that you're entering into the equation and breakfast, I know is a a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, you get to a race if you haven't practiced eating breakfast and you got the people around you that are like, Oh, you know, I eat eight bagels and I eat two bowls of oatmeal and I have peanut butter in each one of those. And you're uh-huh. like, Oh, well I'm just going to do what they're doing. And you start eating everything. Uh-huh. Uh, and then that can be a bad thing. So practice,
2: practice. It. Yes. Practice. I
1: think that's been the underlying. All
2: right. So there's, yes. a, there's a lot of different options out there. And I mean, the people at the restaurant, you're paying them. So, don't feel embarrassed to ask also to leave things off or to to manipulate whatever the meal is. Um I do you're, that a lot. you're paying for it. Yeah. So <laughs> and if you if you feel embarrassed, just be like, Well, I have a sauce allergy. Have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, allergy it's okay or you know, sleep. so
0: everywhere we go now, Brian's like Okay, this is going to
1: be a little complicated. Yep, I prep them. I prep but, them in advance. I'm like, you You know, the people that just do it all from memory, I'm like,
0: ah. I'm yeah. the, You're not going to write this I'm down? I'm not your traditional like, <laughs> I brought order. you a pen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, moving on. What types of food besides gels are easy on the gut and great for fuel on long bike ride uh, or essentially long training sessions, bike rides during mm-hmm. triathlon running?
2: Um, easy on the gut. Um, usually the softer foods, like if you think about it, it doesn't, you know, mechanically to chew it, Mm -hmm. um, usually it's lower in fiber. So obviously if you had broccoli, you have to chew that for a long time. So that would be high in fiber, but, um, foods like, uh, waffles, potatoes, um, bananas, uh, you can make your own little mash. If you wanted to, or Mm -hmm. go in the kids' aisle if you go into the baby food aisle. Yeah. yeah. um, You could get a mix of. Casey's
1: got a new appreciation for (laughs) the baby food aisle.
2: Wow, look at this stuff. stuff. These plums are great. (laughs) Um, They're usually not very good for sodium, but um, if you're doing it just as a food source, um, those things are great if you have a sensitive gut. Um, Some people like peanut butter jelly or almond and jelly. Pop-tarts. I, um. <laughs>
1: I usually go with... Kind of my go-to soft, is the but the bars I tend to larabars. like because it's not 800 ingredients on those. It's a very simple ingredient list. Mm-hmm. Um, and those just tend to work well for me. Certain types. Other types don't. So, yeah. again, it comes down to testing. How about you, Dale? What? Uh, I usually... Like whole foods
0: wise, I usually use fig bars, bananas. Fig yeah. bars. Uh, fig has always been Figs real, great. real easy on mm-hmm. on my stomach. Salting, even regardless of the intensity. Sometimes they're you get to the you're going so hard they're hard to chew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to you got to swig like, water have, while you're yeah. uh, you got to you yeah. got to swish it.
1: you got to swish your bar. Uh, but yeah.
0: Fig bars, and bananas are usually my my yeah. go-to.
2: Yeah, hot banana. Yeah, I was hot gonna say. Yeah. I have a hot banana. <laughs> hey, hot banana. Sometimes you don't. One day eat we'll tell you.
0: Banana. One day hot we'll banana. tell you the hot banana story. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, banana is possibly the worst food you could bring in a criterium. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Uh, uh, unwrapped. We can keep going. For yeah. those
2: like for longer distance races, a lot of times, or any any race, if you're doing trail race, marathon, whatever it is. Um, I typically go to their website and I look at what they have on the race course and yep. I purposely bring those things out on my training ride because you never know, like, is your crack, are your crackers going to get smashed or are you not going to have time to pick up your special needs bag? Um, yep. multitude of things that could go wrong. So usually I look and they always carry things like pretzels and, mm-hmm broth if it's really cold you know so sometimes it's good to look at what your your goal race has available that's and try point. to work out those yep. things because yep. they will be there yep. um so that's always a good a good trick if you don't know what to have
1: yeah when i was when i did saint jude 24 i knew burritos work well going back to the whole burrito thing
2: <laughs> yeah and
1: the guy was doing the uh, the 24-hour ride with uh coaxed a uh one of his employees to bring out a, a taco bell bag for nice. us and the whole food after eating just like a bunch of kind of snacky not so good but having an actual yeah thing over a course you know it's 24 hours so that's a, yeah. a long period of time and our intensity level wasn't super high I would not be in a criterium and trying to eat a burrito. <laughs> that's for sure. But <laughs>
2: I, gotta I got a fuel 45 grams.
1: <laughs> exactly. But if Ripping you are doing long distance stuff, eating, eating normal foods
2: yeah,
1: um, is something that,
2: well, yeah. Like with 24 hour things, you have to think you're not just fueling for your activity. Mm-hmm. You have 2000 plus more calories that you, know, you just to, to breathe alive. and think and yeah, yeah. And be alive. So it's, is that on top of the activity that you're doing for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes it's good to have a moment where you can do that.
1: <laughs> Sweet. All right. Last question. I'd like to know Casey's tips for dealing with insulin resistance in athletes and incorporating that into training and races. Is there a proper strategic use for carbs, uh, especially the simple carbs?
2: Um. So... People who have insulin resistance, um, exercises or endurance exercise is pretty beneficial because it functions like insulin. So um, it's going to improve insulin resistance. So it's good for people to exercise if you have insulin resistance. Um, people with like type one diabetes um, and who have to take insulin, a lot of times they will tell you to not take as much insulin, even though that's a big scale, um, because your, your insulin is going to drop, or your blood sugar is going to drop during activity and then thereafter. So if you are um, watching your blood sugar, I mean, it's, it's kind of like with your sweat rate you should do, where you should check it before, check it after, and then, or mm-hmm. during, and then after, and then a little bit after. And figure out what works best. Typically your more complex carbohydrates are going to have a slower release of energy so they'll have a more you'll have a more stable um, energy release um, and usage Um, but a lot of the the gels and products that are out there aren't actually just straight-up glucose. Um, They're maltodextrin so they're they're meant not to specifically just spike spike your blood sugar, um, but it kind of is an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're working with diabetes or insulin resistance, to to figure out how quickly you react, because if you you know if you go for an easy run or an easy ride, it's going to be way different than a moderate intensity ride so you may need a little bit more to balance your blood sugar and not be hypoglycemic which is the biggest risk so that might be an individual kind of trial and not trial and error wouldn't be great but um <laughs> oh, but yeah. of of monitoring and mapping your blood sugars and seeing what works best mm-hmm. for energy but in general uh like a healthy diet for for diabetics or people who have insulin re- resistance. Um, you're going to focus on those complex carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables, and that's going to be beneficial during activity as well, too. So, that would be um, a big goal of training your gut because the complex carbs are going to have more fiber. So, if that's the type of fuel you need, you need to train with it and and teach your gut how to, to tolerate, tolerate it. it. Yeah, for sure. I
1: recommend doing small loops near your house initially. <laughs> <laughs> no long out and backers
2: mm. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on that's all I got uh, from the pre consult a dietitian pre- and see them specifically exactly I mean yeah so yeah. I'm
1: gonna read the, the from our lawyers again. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah if anyone's having <laughs> to deal a with special, yeah. yeah, disease management style stuff, yeah. that's something you need to be. All the all the studies hand in hand. endurance
2: sports are going to be based off of healthy people, so um, no no complications, nothing tricky. So if you are, you know, managing something else, then yeah, you you don't want to take the general information. You want to learn what your body needs specifically, and to work out. Work it out like that. Yep. For sure.
1: Any other questions from
0: Facebook no, there? No girl? other questions. I think, that, I think we have right. covered it. We'll, this is the record for the longest...
1: Uh,
0: oh, wait. We did have count. one more.
1: We did have one more. Sorry. Uh, this is the... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. read the whole thing. Oh, uh, last question. I have a good one. How to get a truly accurate count of calorie expenditures during exercise. Every app, website, calculation calorie uh calorie meter journal encyclopedia says something different good luck
2: <laughs> i feel like you guys could say a lot about this too um <laughs> just because i mean you can step on an elliptical and it's going to tell you you know you go for 10 minutes and it's like you burned a thousand calories and Ooh. you're like no i did not um <laughs> Fitbits, i mean they all over i feel like everything overestimates um uh, I,
1: because it makes you feel good, right?
2: Yeah, but I feel like you just shouldn't watch your calories down to a pin hair point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're full, then you're full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you're I'm hungry, not full till my plate is clean, Casey. <laughs> if you're hungry, you know <laughs> you may need to eat something. Yeah. So, um, a lot of that is generalizations and knowing what a range is and 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 using that per hour but not getting too specific you shouldn't look at your watch and it it tell you that you burn 50 calories so you can go eat an apple you know it shouldn't be that mechanism you should have some kind of response from in your body that says like i'm still hungry or i'm still full Mm -hmm. or or i am full and and not fully depending on those electronics to tell you how your body feels inside
1: (laughs) yeah essentially it's not going to be
2: but they're not a lot of them aren't accurate you can you can do an estimation based off your body weight um but it's going to vary just like you know, maybe yesterday morning I burned a little bit more calories because I was following Dax, and today maybe it's a little bit less because I'm sitting on a couch. Yeah,
1: a comfy Costco couch. <sighs> Shut up, Costco. But, you
2: know, it's, it's going to vary a little bit every day, but you're going to be in a certain range, mm-hmm. so you can't just be crazy about it, I guess. Don't make yourself crazy. Yeah. yeah that's cool. not fun. All
1: right, now that's the last one. Go All ahead right. and go back to the closing day.
0: Ooh. Oh, well, I, we missed the one. How could I? Uh, the one from uh, Hart. Oh.
2: <laughs> is this, this is a question for uh, Bryant. This one's, this one's for me. Aimed at
1: How Bryant. much better will I be if I go full vegan was uh, Hart's question. So Hart's been uh, doing the vegetarian mode for a long time. And, Not any uh, better. Uh, <laughs> yes, and just, you'll become
0: dead. very difficult to go out to Your eat. Your poops You're, will <laughs> go from this big to this big. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry.
1: Heart. <laughs> softer stools in the future. Couch. I'm going to say even better. <laughs> no, it's going to be hard for Heart. Heart, uh, Heart does the work, and he's. Uh, I mean, I think any, any diet, really, uh, or diets on the surface, I mean, I think if you want to be healthy and you want to perform well, it all comes down to eating the whole foods, the unprocessed stuff, uh, as much as possible. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you need to shun all the other stuff, but. Eating whole foods uh, that that haven't been chemically adjusted or or added to, um, you're going to end up feeling better.
2: Yeah, it's, it's better. adequacy. Adequacy, yes. Balance and variety. But I mean, vegan is also a lot of people do that just for weight loss. But in my mind, it should be more than that. It should be, you know, for whatever other reasons you have along with it, because it's not just a a diet, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But
0: yeah. awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. And uh, if you guys have any other questions, shoot them at us, and uh, we'll we'll hook you up with Coach Casey and and uh, help you out. So we'll uh, catch you guys next time.
2: Do you do a foot wave?
0: Foot wave. Nobody. Well, people aren't really gonna see this. Like the three <laughs> people watching.
2: Yeah, they're gonna be like, I don't, I don't do know. A Foot wave. <laughs> <else."> <laughs> okay. All right. We'll catch you
0: guys next time. Adios.